beatniks, bum trips, bullshit. All right, you're in my car. I'm Jedediah. You're talking with DJ Mini. I've been rapping about the end of the world, the apocalypse, as stated in Revelations 13, getting into the poetical writings of this limerick, coming from the ultimate conspiracy and emotional charge of the Antichrist and the coming of the the death of everybody and got to wondering who wrote this fantastic poem and the guy's name is john he's 80 years old he's been exiled by the romans for preaching peace and love the way his homie jesus did he escaped the Colosseum, being tarnished in oil and came away unscathed but now he's sleeping in a cave with a rock as his pillow and this story is coming to him revelations 13 the end of the world text is coming to him in triple frissures that's three cracks in the rock that he's sleeping in you can go on the internet pull that up on the surf bar and take a tour of the cave and see the triple frissures cracks in the cave you're sleeping in where your poetic inspiration is seeping in welcome to the conversation and i got freaked out that i had entered into possibly some sort of satanic power thread that i wasn't aware that i was in yeah when you started taking too much white light and not balancing it with the black yeah like what is going on and then it just got to a very practical level of this is a dope fucking poem that is doing everything that i like that good conspiracy does like it's intriguing and emotionally charged who wrote this and how did they write it and it turns out who wrote it is even more fantastical an 80 year old exiled for preaching peace and love on an island sleeping in a cave getting a vision or inspiration from three cracks in the rock yeah and it's coming down into him. Yeah. And it's so dope that it ends the entire book. Like, it's the <laughs> finale of the most popular book in the world. Right? Banging. Banging. Yeah. That is the essence of a poet right there. Someone who's been to hell and back. And now they're like this ascetic on a mountaintop. And they're still writing poetry because God still tells them to write it. And the poetry gets better and better because they've been to hell and back. Mm. They have, like, more to say. Mm. They have more perspective. They have, like, a, multiple reference points. And they can take you places that you haven't been. Mm -hmm. That you haven't been in their back. Got me thinking, too, about messages coming through cracks. Because I repeatedly think of the uh, techno beat drops that we got through the cracks in the Mazda uh, when we were on Westcliff. And it was the windy night. And the, the wind was coming through, the, the storm was arising, and the wind was coming through the cracks, and it sounded like a, like a techno subwoofer. Yeah. And I was been on the tip of wondering what subatomic music could sound like, mm -hmm. and it became probably that. Like, mm -hmm. that was the answer at that point. Mm hmm got me into like cracks and fissures and like what gets through in those places it's amazing to think about the energy in the earth and the earthquakes traveling through tectonic plates and yeah 
you hear about the one tectonic plate that bumped into the other one? He was like, oh, sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> it's probably and the, all rumbling. It's probably all bumping right now. And I mean, it would, it would be especially bumping if you sped it up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like elephants yes. make sounds yes. that are too low for us to hear. But if you speed up the recording of elephants, you sometimes hear it becomes a bass frequency that's audible to us. Yeah. Yeah. And this, these sounds can travel like much further. So when they're out on the plains, on the savannah or whatever, they're making these incredibly deep and powerful sounds that are inaudible to our ears, but other elephants can hear them from very far away. So think about the sounds that the earth is making to itself across continents. I try to think about this. I try to think about this. Mm. And so then if there's any, you know, like, um, the sound the earth is making to itself across consonants, reflections of sounds or of light, and they kind of go through potential diffractions where like white light will become multiple colors and things like they change form when they go through an echo or a reverb or they bounce off of a wall of some kind. And so thinking about that, that phenomena can create sometimes a deeper harmonic can get elevated up into a higher harmonic so there could be like waves deep within the earth that are rumbling through the crust and the plates that would then come down through a higher frequency through those three fissures in the rock above john's cave and give him this message like from deep within the earth Yo, bounced off, reflected, refracted in the deep earth message like came a poem, through a the poem, three frissures. A poem that was latent within vibrations within the earth for like thousands of years because the frequency is so deep that we there's no way we could hear it. It's like the frequency would not be measured by days or hours. Resonating back and forth, but then eventually like a single tonic of that note comes out inside of a mountain. Yo, yo. Mm. This is the physical happening of the spiritual, the spiritual dimension, dimension taking 5,000 5, years, 5, 000 years 000 to reach us in one coincidence or happenchance. This is like the Earth version of that. Mm -hmm. This will tie in somehow because I don't want to change the topic. Change but the I've topic. been tripping on, I've been tripping on, I've been tripping on light and what light. is light. Is light. Yes, light. Please, light. please, please, please. And it blows, and it my, blows mind my mind that mind modern mind. science agrees that light is an electromagnetic wave. Light is not a thing. It is just a wave. It is just a vibration without any substance to it at all. There's no photon. There's no thing that's traveling off of the sun as the sun gives out light. It's oh, yeah? just some kind of, like, field of radiation. It's it's a pure wave. What about when you look at those close-up videos of the sun and you see those solar flares? Right, but those are like plasma. Like, that's, that's plasma. That's a thing. But the light that's oh, reaching our planet... That, we are not... 
we this coming from the from the from, little, from the little dash yeah the i dash. don't want to call it a light but that's what it is <laughs> dash bulbs. The bulb yeah the bulb from an led from your tv whatever i mean the light that's coming off is not it's not an actual it has substance. no it has no mass whatsoever that's how it can travel so fast i guess like zero mass it's all wave it's all wave it's well, just all like up, information there's no thing to it and yet it can be so powerful that it can change your dna when it blasts into your body it can make um like a radio isotope like it can it can knock uh a neutron out from the the nucleus of an atom can bust off a neutron if it hits it just right even though it's made of nothingness it's made and this of is what scientists think like I, 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 and i'm not saying that they're wrong but it blows my mind to think about and not it's not only electric it's magnetic it's some combination of an electromagnetic field it's magnetism and electricity moving through empty set space and also through air and water and other mediums and it's everywhere. <laughs> Any place that yeah. you put your perspective, there will be light How's moving that? through that. How's that? Nah, do you go down deep enough in the ocean? Okay, yeah, you can get to total blackness. Hole. Dig a hole. I, okay, I take it back. Put yourself not in anywhere. a coffin. Put yourself in a coffin. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I take it back. Not absolutely anywhere. You can block light out. But, you know, most normal places, you're walking through the forest, you're in your house, you're wherever on the surface of the planet. It's filled with this type of waves like just wall-to-wall -wall waves of electromagnetism throughout all of air as we experience it in the atmosphere of the planet yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was reading the other night baba talking about how yogis who have you know like the ability to perform miracles it makes a lot more sense now that what our thoughts are that our thoughts are just light oh. like just information yeah that's always like been a thing that nobody's figured out yet what an actual thought is made of I, I didn't really realize that light is just a is just a wave and there's no substance to it like our thoughts then really probably are just light well maybe at some level they are i'm not arguing with you but a brain neuron can be measured and has like ions and things traveling along the length of a neuron and this happens in patterns i, I remember we were talking about the pump that like your brain spends so much energy just keeping the gray matter all somewhat negatively charged so that when there is a thought it oh, becomes positive across it yeah yeah i want to get the brain to, the i want to get to miracles but tell me again about the pump the electric <laughs> the i'm just saying that within the brain the electrical charges those do have massive particles to them that are like the electrical and charges are an actual material, material through your brain yeah and we had talked about the pump action that most of the energy of the brain is making a pump action so that there's space it's it's pumping away so that there's an open hole it's making for it thoughts to be able to so that, travel to so that neurons that are so not that there firing, can be a cascade yeah and neurons hopefully that are not firing are, are slightly negatively charged and neurons it, that are not firing. it requires an active pumping energy like a little biological pump that's taking little um sodium chloride ions that are that are uh charged 
and removing them from the neuron at all times, like keeping them out and pumping them out so that they're held negative so that when they're activated, they can then have a, a you know, like a clear positive charge that travels across them. And then all the pumps start working again to make it negative. Dude, we got a pump house in our brains. We have pump houses in every single neuron across every single ax axon, the long part of the neuron that reaches out to other neurons. Yeah. It's just filled with these pumps trying to remove the positive charge from everywhere that's not presently being activated. I, I thought it was bullshit. You told me the other day that we have magnets in our head. Right. I, I did a little, 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 little dive onto that. That's the real deal. That's the real deal, That's bro. That's the real deal. It's the same magnet Magnetite. dust that comes out of volcanoes. The same magnet dust that comes out of volcanoes. This one's mine, right? Yeah. This, you talking about magnets? The mm. same magnet dust that lays on the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle, which they think might be what is sinking those ships or was used by ancient civilizations that are acronyms for Satan, also Atlantis, that same magnet dust is in our brains. Mm -hmm. right, tell me about miracles. <laughs> Now we're on like three topics at once. Dude, three topics at once. We can handle it. We're going up to seven, and then we're going to put a crown on it. And then we're going to put a crown on everyone, gonna, yeah. but they all have the same name of blasphemy. <laughs> Do they? They got the same name, the BBB. <laughs> I was going to say, this is time for the plug. <laughs> so, Baba says that there's infinite energy. He, he said electricity. There's an infinite amount of electricity all throughout the air. And Baba said there's an infinite amount of electricity all throughout the air. Yeah. And, and if anybody's listening and they don't know who Baba is, Baba's God. <laughs> Baba's Jesus. Baba's again. Jesus come again. Yeah. yeah. But between then, he was Muhammad. Yeah. And it will soon be known that he was also Buddha yeah. and Zoroaster and Ram and Krishna. Yeah. And this guy, DJ Mini, on the 2012 Phenomena went to Jesus's grave, went to Muhammad's grave, went to Zoroaster's grave, went to Baba's grave, and was there for the minute. Along with uh, Madhusudan. Along with Madhusudan. He and I were the only ones there. Right? <clears throat> yeah, dude, that's so dope, dude. Um, hardcore, hardcore. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting a I, wine love, I love that you're wired on that. I, it's so fucking awesome. That's one of my favorite stories from my life uh, that, that I got to that have that moment. That was such a big deal, the, like, changeover. And you went to the zenith. You went to the most hype spot. That I could find. That you could find. I mean, that's it. God's grave. Go to God's grave for the end of the world. Boom. Boom. So, Baba says yogis have learned how to take the finite amount of electricity within the human body and unite it to the infinite electricity that's in the air through breathing practices. Same. And, and that once they learn these special techniques and they can unite their finiteness with the infinite, that's how they perform miracles. And it's as simple as thinking about whatever they want to happen at that point. Um, 
But he also says, and this, maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself, but he no, says that no, this no, is no, pointless and meaningless because it's all still within the world of duality and the physical world. That the, that the yogis are still living in the physical world and kind of confined by it. But the musts, they move into the world of energy. They completely lose track of the world of the physical. They live in the world of energy, and that's still another illusion that's even bigger and more vast and more complex than the physical world. There's more to the world of energy than there is in the physical world, as infinite as it looks to us. And then there's another world on top of that, or inside of that, however you see it, that's called the mind, that's all thought, that that's even bigger than the world of energy. And so anyway, my point is that these yogis are still kind of trapped within the physical world, but they learn how to kind of get this key where they like are able to touch and utilize some of the power from the energy realms. And um, maybe this energy realm is the realm of Satan. Maybe the people who are in the authority of the 10 governments of the world and they're going to try to unite us all and give us all, you know, lies and tell us that it's going to be totally kosher if we, like, submit ourselves that's, to them. That's the great description. It will be kosher if you submit yourself. That's it. All you got to do is just give up on to me. And that's that's the rub. That's the rub. Just, just give in. It's kind just of submit. the same just message submit. as what Baba and Christ say. That's the point. That's the point is you're only supposed to serve one master. Mm. And that's where it becomes off is like you if you then, start to serve the master of the of the world who says he's going to provide for your food and your health care and um Transportation, transportation and whatever else, whatever, whatever yeah. else. Yeah. That, that's yeah. not the same thing as submitting to the master of God the master who is God I mean, well it, it gets well, confusing it would be somewhat of the same thing and that's where it's like you only have you can only focus on so much and so it's hmm. Bob Dylan said it you gotta serve somebody you're gonna serve somebody it just happens yeah, you, you have no choice. You're gonna serve somebody. Dude, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that I'm interested in right here. Yeah. I like this triple this triple layer cake. You like the layer cake? Because I'm about to layer it up with... Um, I was doing some diving into the Bermuda Triangle. And there's like legit whirlpools there's there's areas of the ocean floor where it's like pretty shallow everywhere around it but then all of a sudden there's this very circular part that just goes way way deep down yeah <clears throat> yeah and like waves will travel <laughs> over the ocean that's our band name dude legit whirlpool <laughs> Some some kind of phenomena happens inside of these kind of like cylindrical caves that go suddenly deep, deep down where everywhere else around it is kind of shallow ocean. Then there's this incredibly deep ocean, but it's like and and it'll like pull in. It's like a black hole huge, type of scenario. Huge volumes of water. It'll be like an underground waterfall. Like a sinkhole. Yes, yeah, a like sinkhole. Like a waterfall within the ocean. A waterfall inside of the ocean. 
and there's yeah, i mean if it's an empty space the water will go into it and yeah there's an a number of space these that's you not, can it's you like can look a up images of these pump house wait you've seen this yeah you can see images of it you can see them from above the surface like you can take aerial photos of them and it's obvious because all the water around it is kind of light blue and then there's this this circle of dark blue yeah. And scientists are pretty sure that these are like tunnels that connect in underground caverns under the ocean within the area of the Bermuda Triangle. And oh, they're pretty sure... Put your special boxers on and some goggles there, and there's take a, a dive. There's a fairly Fly realistic... all the way into it. Yeah, there's a fairly realistic uh, explanation for how these ships have potentially disappeared and no one ever found them because they got sucked into the underwater waterfall and went down into like a tube and that like went somewhere underground. So it's not just on the surface of the ocean floor, it's like down underneath the ground somewhere. That's why radio signals from ships will continue days after they've been lost mm -hmm. in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's, still around. there's documented weird stuff that, that has happened there. Like a flight that kind of like got that you got hit. into the Bermuda Triangle, man. I was looking it up because you were talking about it. Right, right, right. Um, it's cool. It yeah, like the name is great. There's like it's such like, a good combo. Bermuda and then triangle. Yeah. Like that's like the words. Everything comes down to if a thing will last, it needs a name that can make it continue forward. And Bermuda Triangle has got it. So there was a flight that was that would normally take like 70 minutes to complete. But during the middle of this flight, somewhere in the middle or in the first quarter or whatever, it got hit with this like electric fog that sometimes forms within the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, the electric fog. And the, yeah. all the instruments were going crazy and the pilot's like, oh no, you know what's going on, I'm gonna lose control. But then all of a sudden, and he was trying to talk to like ground control, like where am I, where am I? And then ground control tells him he's flying over Miami, but it was only 45 minutes into the flight. So there's like absolutely no way that it was like the plane just teleported. Had done a jump, yeah. And did this, Did you read about that in the book yet? I just know that there's possible jump spaces. Right. I, I don't know about that. I know that Miami is there, one of the corners. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting phenomena going on within that triangle of the world. The one that I got, I, I had checked out this book, The Bermuda Triangle, from the library. So I've been like kind of getting up on it and just stoked. That's how I fall asleep is I'm reading the Bermuda Triangle accounts. <laughs> I've been, I've been going in and some nice dream inspiration. Yeah, let it like let it soak in. Um, Thor Henegal, mm. he's the cat who I don't know it was like 30s or 40s or 50s. He wanted to prove that those Egyptian reed boats could make it across the ocean. Oh wow! So he built one in uh, where he's from somewhere in Europe, like Sweden, something like that. Uh, people, whatever. He's he went across the Atlantic in his reed boat. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking fantastic in its own sense. He wanted to prove that ancient mariners could and do exist. You could yeah. you could go from Egypt to uh, South South America. This was potentially a way that cross colonization happened. Yeah, yeah. In a boat made of like grass, yeah, and thatched together. Wow! And he was a fucking stud. 
I learned about him like stud dude like wow. shirt off just, just like, like long food, hair his food stuffs like that's all in the boat with him right I mean he did pots of uh and kept things with him but no yeah. no he did it like legit like he was like hunting and and oh, yeah. catching fish like yeah. along the way he had to like yeah. show that it could be done right right I hadn't learned about him because uh uh me and a good girlfriend had broken up and I was going through like a loser stage withdrawal where I was just like feeling like weak and unable to explore in the world and like heartbroken and just like I want to be this like explorer of adventure and uh she gave me a book of his diary and she <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, step up your game. Like, like, <laughs> I'm saying his, like. His diary from the voyage? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey, level up. <laughs> Don't be such a limp dick. She gave this to you. <laughs> but, okay, whatever. But his passages when he gets to the Bermuda Triangle, either. They're fantastic. They're UFO encounters. So oh, wow. either the guy is just so rad that he builds this boat to to show that ancient mariners existed and he's also going to bullshit some UFO things because he's just like at that level. Or he <laughs> is a legit mariner scientist who is just keeping an accurate diary like, and is a truthful is guy. And he's just like, this is what happened. Because there's lots of diaries where nothing happens all day because he's just floating in the vastness of the ocean. Yeah. But he gets to the Bermuda Triangle. Like paddling? Does he have a sail? Is there's a sail. Yeah, there's Whoa, a sail. Okay, yeah. There's a sail. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make it the first time. He turns around the first time. There was like weather conditions didn't match up. And he's like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. There's sharks the whole while. He like, went. He went the first time, then he didn't make it. He went back under his own power. Yeah, it's not like he had some kind of. No, know, there's no. This is before there's like. It's like not like control. there's like a. He didn't have millions of dollars in the boat following him. No, no, there's not like a support team. Wow. I think he was at the point though that there was radio, like so. Yeah. It was like a worldwide phenomena. He probably knew some. I, I don't know enough about it now, and it's de-delegitimizing everything that I'm saying because I'm like kind of guessing on a couple things but I, I know this his Bermuda Triangle accounts yeah had some crazy um, he's out there told. and there are lights coming up from the bottom of the ocean yeah and they're floating up to the surface and he's it's like bigger than bioluminescence a lot of people report this bigger than bioluminescence and when Appar they apparently the first astronauts who went up into space that was like the first thing they talked about was the light coming out of the Bermuda Triangle. That's what I was saying last time. That's what Columbus saw too. Yeah. That's in Columbus's. That was his first account of the new world is there's underwater lights here. Yeah. They don't still don't know what this is. Yeah. Thor had the light come up out of the boat, out of the water, hover by him and then take off. Hmm. Fly away. Hmm. He also reported like a wow. oblong disc in the horizon and that was that like ended up taking over like a lot of the horizon and that oblong disc was reported by a lot of the people at the bermuda island itself hmm. on the same day so they oh, all wow. saw these like underwater visitages hmm. i mean it seems of course to me it seems like yeah there's things the planet is huge there's under there's chambers if you wanted to survive an apocalypse you go underground if you were a dinosaur and you wanted to evolve past your extinction, 
you go underground and create a civilization. If you were an alien and you wanted a place to hide out. You're talking you, about the Anunnaki. I'm talking about, yeah, all okay. those lizard kings. The lizard kings. If you're an alien and you wanted to hang out undetected, you go yeah. under the water. If you were a whale and you evolved to the place that you are going to go someplace, you just keep it underwater. Hmm. And then eventually you rise from the water as the beast. Yeah. <laughs> With this like almost infinite power, power of all the most powerful creatures. Mm. Can we backpedal? Yeah. Of I want to know this triple. Uh, we talk about the layer cake of human experience, and you start with the it ends with the mind. Oh, yeah. It ends with the mind, and then there's an electrical state that musks uh, enter into. Yeah, an energy realm. An energy realm. Yeah. And then what was the first state that we are in? The physical realm. The physical realm. Yeah. And musks are people that are holding together the energy realm from our perspective. Like when we see a hobo downtown and they're sleeping they're in their car and we're together. just like, this guy might be a musk. I don't know if they're holding it together. I think it's God that's holding it together, but they're just in it. They live within, like all they see, all they experience is energy. They don't see or experience the physical world anymore, but they still have bodies within the physical world because these three realms are like woven together. They're separate from each other, but they're all related to each other. They, oh, they okay. kind of touch each other. Um, and so a must who's on the third plane, um, he's fully embedded within energy. Everything he sees and experiences is, is energy. And yet he still has a physical body. So what his physical body is doing from our perspective that's physical will not appear to make much sense. They will He's look just quite making crazy. a bed out of newspapers like by Jamba Juice. He, there's I mean there's the you book know, the book like The Wayfarers holding it down. The Wayfarers is also the, the other band name that I thought that yeah. we should have. Yeah, yeah. The Wayfarers, right? Yeah. Isn't that that's just like That's a great name for a band. A great name. There's legit whirlpool or wayfarers. That that book documents all the legit musts that Baba was encountering and what they were like because they oh, all yeah? they all have very unique, you know, sort of personas and qualities, and they do strange things that the average person wouldn't do. Like, of course, Baba would come across them. What yeah, a great he, stage in an adolescent god's huge, life to interact with the other energy vortex conductor. That, Interacting in with world. interacting with musts was something he was doing throughout his whole lifetime. He was constantly sending the Mondali out to like hunt for the musts, and he had certain Mondali that like that oh, was, bring them back to me. That was pretty much their job. Like this guy knows how to find the musts. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. He sometimes they would go out and try to bring him bring the musts back to Baba. Sometimes they'd go and find them and then bring Baba to, to the must. Other times Baba would find the musts on his own within on their travels. Dude, that's sexy, like some Mulder and Scully X-Files type of thing. Totally, yeah. Or like some king in the Renaissance sending his disciples out to bring him animals. 
bring me something with five horns and a and a, and a tusk. <laughs> There's a story of him running into a must in America, and it was a Native American person. Oh yeah, yeah, like an Indian chief type type of a type of a feel. What, what is this book, The Wayfarers? Then is this a fictional account, no, or it's, it's like a real their, account. their data entries of how of did they each keep must and what the interaction was and what the must was like. No fucking way. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a great, it's an awesome book. It was written by Dr. William Donkin. It was one of the, one of Baba's Mondelee. It's like a Western medical doctor. Dr. William Donkin. Yeah, he wrote The Wayfarers. Um, he was keeping it all in like a journal or of some kind. And they just check in with each other? Who? The, like the musks once they I don't meet know. up? I don't know how much they interact with each other. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, they must interview them. For the most part. They must, part, like, hang out a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's in the I, book. I like, think, they, like, have some sort of account I haven't, in I each haven't other. I have not read that book. I've read, like, That's sections of that That's fucking hilarious. That book's around you just like, nah. It's a big book, and it's kind of, like, a little bit, like, old English style. It's, like, proper English, because William Don Donkin was, like, an Englishman. It's not like a super easy read. It's it's like easy. I mean, you understand it, but it's you know it's, you have to kind of like get into that mode. It's a bit outdated seeming when you read it, um, and uh, and it's just like a bunch of kind of short entries, but there's a ton of them. Um, He's like a botanist. It's like kind of like yeah, <laughs> it does have that feel. Yeah. Yeah, for each of the of the must people that they found. Um, the must though are this is the part that got me is the must you would think that somebody interacting with energy fields that is encompassing the physical like there's the physical and then which we think is intense and like elaborate and a lot of compartments to the physical existence and then the energy existence quadruplizes that is much more magnitude of all of the possibilities. Yeah. But then, if I heard this right, that is all encompassed. Both those physical and energy are under the hat of the mental. Yeah. And we have the mental. E well, yeah, we're connected to all of these things, but we're not, like, aware of them. For the most part, we're aware of the physical. Maybe we have some tiny thread within our own mind where we have, like, teeny teeny tiny bit of what's going on in the mental realm coming through us within our thoughts but the but it's like its own sort of world and oh it's like imagination land it's the place I mean, that maybe. ideas and like perfect like ethos exist perhaps baba says that it all precipitates down from the mind everything that happens is originating in the mind and when he says that, he's, I was hearing that it's like happening within our minds, that we have access to that <clears throat> through our thoughts, that what we experience as we're thinking is us interacting with the mind realm. I don't know. I don't know if I can lay claim to that because... It's not the exact same mind. It's probably. not, it's not exactly the same level of it being like a, a tangible, like you're in this and experiencing it because we're just kind of thinking it. Um, yeah, maybe it's a yeah. misleading word when we all think that we have this, but, but, but we, it is part of us. Like we all do have a bit of mind, but we have a very tiny little fragmented 
chunk of, of what it is. And, um, but yeah, he says that people who enter into the mental realms start to know the thoughts of everyone around them. And, oh. and, um, and the two realms of mind are, um, thoughts and emotions, he says. So the emotions and the thoughts do kind of contain their own, like, the two realms Spirit of minds space. are thoughts and emotions. Yeah. And they have their spirit spaces. I mean, yeah, it's fucking fun that everything has its its space. Like your mind needs to make a pump so that it can have room for your electrons to flow. Yeah. There's under ocean chambers that are vast enough to create a hole that would have a waterfall a in the sinkhole. ocean. Like a sinkhole that will make a Think waterfall the, in the ocean. Think about the power of that zone. About how that must affect like weather patterns all over the planet. I don't know, man. How much do you think of... We flush tons of toilets. It doesn't like affect the weather. I just don't know if a whirlpool is like in a... <laughs> I think our toilet flushing probably does affect the weather. Yeah? I don't know. It's certainly what we're doing with our massive like attempt to control all of the terrestrial waters we're like irrigating we're moving the water we're collecting it we're like pumping it in and bringing it to people in their taps yeah that's gonna have a huge effect over the whole planet as we try to like take control over the waters and get you know as much as we can out of it when I first told you my fire hydrant story, that was your first reaction. Yeah. It was something about like, yeah, that's what they get for trying to control water. Yeah. It was something about that. I mean, it was much better said. Well, when water, I, I feel like we already talked about this in previous podcasts, but I'll come back to it again. When water is hitting the the earth, like in nature, it has this effect of like, it runs downhill a bit, maybe it enters into a river or whatever, but it's also seeping down into the ground. It eventually enters into under, underground aquifers and it's like interacting with all of the plants and things on the way. It does a lot of different things, but when water- Interacting with all the plants along the way. When we pave the earth, it stops that whole process from happening because the water, like the, the, the pavement is impermeable. It's like putting this cap on it so the, the ground that's underneath the paved area all stays dry and no longer has the water soaking through it. And then this runoff within cities goes into gutters and drains and things and it's all totally man-made and controlled to go wherever and whatever they do with it. Most of the time it just runs straight back into the ocean. And so there's a tremendous percentage of water that should be going through this whole natural process where it's kind of like um, interacting with roots it's interacting it to aquifers it's interacting with the ground before it goes back to the ocean but within cities that doesn't happen and um, that just seems inherently very dangerous and foolish to me the way that mankind tries to control the water and they don't do a very good job of it from it's a, pretty dial dude from a permaculturist perspective there would be way better ways to be using that water to grow food before it just gets dumped back into the salty ocean what gutter water mm, i mean it wouldn't be gutter water because there wouldn't be a bunch of paved places within a permaculture world 
it would probably be captured in in a, in a clean way and then irrigated throughout there. They, I mean, things like um, Hugel Mountains. Hugel Mountains are a great natural way to let water do kind of a better job of growing plants. You stack, you stack up a bunch of wood, like rotting wood in a big mound, and then put a layer of earth on top of that. And the plant roots can go down to where the wood is down underneath and all the fungus and stuff that grows within the rotting wood is super good for the plants. And it also acts like a big sponge that holds the water for a really long time and stays moist long after a rain. And um, this kind of thing sort of happens naturally on its own in a forest, but you can kind of improve it by... Um, there you go. Wanting to improve on nature. That's mm -hmm. natural. It's, it's good for humans to like interact with nature. But it's kind of this weird modern idea that nature means it's a it's a place that humans aren't interacting with. Oh yeah. We've okay. always been interacting with nature. There's like yeah. a good, healthy, natural way for humans to interact with nature. And then there's this Yeah, it's weird we had such an idea that it's like, no, it's over there. It's like no, no it's happened all the time. Body, yeah. mind and spirit. We are all of these things. The native we're all in. The native peoples were totally interacting with nature. I wanted to know what this pamphlet they were, is. They were curating it. This pamphlet is the We Wish Tree. The We Wish Tree. A magazine of Indian American for young people. With a rad cover of an over-exaggerated hand coming off a bare-chested, feather-headed individual. And the hands reaching up with stars on each finger. And root-light structures of, like tentacles except they're more wispy like little bits of energy, comets energy waves energy waves from this upreached hand mm -hmm. but the perspective of the fingers are slightly big oh it looks like roots it's the we wish tree yeah volume one number one november 1971 oh boom right boom <clears throat> recording on 1:21. we wish was one tribe's name for the acorn, the wee wish tree, an oak tree. Yeah. So I wanted to read this Indian prayer. My father, help us and teach us in the way of truth. Keep me and my family and my tribe on our true path so that we may be in good condition in our minds and in our bodies. Teach all the little ones on your way. Make peace in all the world. We thank you for the sun and the good summer weather. We hope this good weather will bring good crops of grass for the animals and good things to eat for the people. And what is, this is the extent of the prayer and how simple and beautiful, but I want to go on to the commentary that the magazine makes of the prayer, which says, Yeah, please do. I don't know today, if I gripped what happened in the prayer. Today, we call these words a, a prayer, but the Indians did not only pray at special times, they prayed whenever their hearts moved them to prayer. Yo, yo. That's kind of what we were talking about on that master's prayer, right? When it becomes this ceremony, this religious thing, where it's like 
it's it's like a special time. This is the time where I'm gonna do this special thing. You know, Air quotes. There wasn't like that. Theirs was just like boom. The prayer is hitting me, and I'm going to speak it. Just like John in the cave, like, oh, these words are coming to me and I must write them down now. It's almost like an inverse prayer. It's when God's talking to him. <laughs> yeah. 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 The inverse prayer when God's talking to you. You, you got to have an open heart for that. It's almost like you got to be ready by being fertile. Like not by preparing, but by being open. Yeah. The way of truth. Help me and my family to be on the way of truth so that our minds can be in good condition. Yo, and that's then our the bodies formula. will be in good condition. The way of truth. Wait, this is what they would repeat Make to themselves? peace in all the world. I don't know how much they repeated it. I mean, this is you reading the, the very prayer next again? commentary. It makes it sound like this is just coming off. It just what, says what, what, an Indian what is this? prayer. I prepare my family so that we're in the way of truth. Yeah. Say it again, for me, please. My father, help us and teach us in the way of truth. Keep me and my family and my tribe on our true path so that we may be in good condition in our minds and in our bodies. Yes, because the truth is it. Truth will not only set you free, it will integrate you with reality, with health and vitality. In this trippy kind of dichotomy of that God already created everything and already knows everything that's going to happen in the future, and yet at the same time, God in human form can change fate, in the same way, we who don't understand that we are God, but in fact are God, we are powerful, and our movements, what we do, has waves of effect within the net of the holographic universe and so it, like it is possible for us to go wrong and by the nature of our not even realizing who we are and what we're doing yeah 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 i hear that we're constantly doing a shit ton of stuff wrong without realizing it and so when oh, it's important it's important wrong. to try to get right it's important to try to get right yeah, it seems counterintuitive if God exists at all that he would let bad things happen. But it's not really that. It's that we are powerful and we're doing bad things all the time. Yeah, we're powerful. Yeah, we're powerful. He has made us in his image. We're not that different from him. It's so easy to get lost these days because there's not a lot of set ways it's a pretty open culture with a wide array of choices and value structures and even kind of like morals are pretty open. And it's like when this open state is here, there's not a lot of focus. And if you are not focused on a place or a feeling, then the demons and the succubuses and the possibilities just start running a cyclone around your perspective and some of them put their fish hooks in you and start pulling a bit of skin this way or braiding your hair just like that and it starts to pull it apart and it's like what can you get grounded in 
just get grounded in what everybody and everything has been doing since the beginning, which is the truth. And don't let anybody or anything else do it for you. It has to come from your heart. Otherwise, you're prone. I don't know. It's just then you open up into manipulation. There's a lot of things that are right now praying. Not praying and like, but like, like a praying mantis. Like like a mantis. Actually, I think the praying mantis is like, hey, oh, hey, oh, because he's holding his hands together. Yeah, but he's hunting though, right? Right. Right? There's like, there's, they're out to get, to, like, this is a time of like, everybody's so open and easy to be gripped at and to be pulled. Like, you want to brainwash a people, obliterate their sense of self and place and activity and disorient to them. It's a very disorienting time right now. And yes. It's like so prone to being ready for, you backwash and then you brainwash. You backwash <laughs> and then you brainwash. There's a type of propaganda that exists. Um, I think it's called fire hosing, where it's not so much about trying to lead people in a specific false direction they're not trying to tell a certain lie and get everybody to believe this one lie. It's more that they just want to inundate everybody with a massive amount of over-information, some of which might be true, but a lot of which is false, and they don't really care which beliefs like become believed by which different people. Which beliefs become believed? It's which just, beliefs become it's, believed? It's more about just inundating a group of people with misinformation of various kinds and it gets everybody into a state where it's very difficult to tell what is real and what is not real yeah totally. and that kind of locks people into like a basic set of morals that they're not very likely to change they're not very likely to form new opinions or ideas about anything and they'll just kind of stick with the basics or you're just primed up for somebody to come in and tell you hey do this yeah, it kind of just makes it easier to control people and get people uh, yeah, right? to kind of stick with what they've already been doing for a long time. Or to maintain in this constant state of, like, upheaval. Like, that's also a thing. Just keep on rebelling. Keep on throwing it against it. Nah, like, go deeper into it. Tell me more about that. I've had some Marxists be coming into the library. And I like talking to them because they're passionate. But that's some wicked shit, the Marxists. And, like, I... They were into it in the, I think like 1902, 1912. They started throwing down with this 50-year plan. For Marx the, was around back then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had this 50-year plan, and then the revolution was going to coincide around the world in 68. So they're called the 68ers. And a lot wow. of those people are still alive. And so some very passionate people come into the library. I mean, they're not like... I, I talk to him. I'm into it. And it's like, so like, like I'm into it. So like, let me know. But the further the topic excites you, it does. Cause I like passion. Mm -hmm. I, I like passion across the board and mm -hmm. Marxists are fucking passionate. And also there's was a lot of like anti-communist stuff before we were born. Like with the whole McCarthy era, like that was a whole witch hunt that we're not, you know, I was like, why, what is wrong with communism? There's a lot wrong, and it's Marxism, and kind of getting all over the place with it. But my point with this is that it's it's a brainwashing technique. Like that's what it is. It's a brainwashing technique where you obliterate anybody's structure because 
the structures are fucked up and they're keeping lower classes low and keeping higher classes high. So you have to obliterate people's sense of self in their communities and in their families and in their religions so that then you can bring in your new structure. And that new structure is going to keep everybody uh, equal because they'll all be contributing and everybody will have the same and we will all be in this together. We're one world order. One world order. Maybe there's a way to sort of surpass that. Maybe you can get the same effect of like equalizing everybody without the obliteration process if we have a higher way of seeing. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to get there. Yeah. It's it because it's the truth. If yeah. you can go into I started doing the Pledge of Allegiance again. You like America. I like these values. Look at the flag and say this. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. This is where it gets hot. One nation under God. Doesn't say what God, just says God. Indivisible, meaning you can't divide it. And this is where it gets fucking banging, dude. This is the wet t-shirt contest. This is you just loaded yourself up in a cannon and your buddy's about to light the fuse and shoot you out over the whole water park with liberty and justice for all. Well, bam. Yeah, but we've lost Drape that. yourself in that. We, we never had so it. against it. We never had it. It's, it's an like, interesting... Like, it's an idea. It's, yeah, it's like something ideal, to but, go for. Everybody within themselves is flawed. That's what it is to be human. So you get a bunch of people together, i.e. a community, a country. It's going to be flawed, deeply so, tragically so. But you need something to guide you, to strive for, to move forward with. And they put that in the Pledge of Allegiance. That is what you're alleging yourself to with liberty. Liberty, I think, is the best thing you got going on. That is freedom... That is it. It's Justice. A, is liberty a synonym for freedom? Does it yes. mean anything different than freedom? I don't know. Okay. To me, it's like, I feel liberated. You are unbound. Hmm. But you couple that with justice, meaning you're not going to fuck with other people because there's justice. Liberty and justice. And then for who? For all. That means everybody's equal in it. It's already within the package of the founder's ideals for America. The Marxists come in and they're like, nah, this thing has made these hierarchical systems. It's built within this capitalism. We have to crush the system because the system itself is fucked up. So how do we do that? We go in and start uh, poking holes at it. We give it mishmash. We shoot a fire hose at it. We say that the, your fundamental things are not real. You start corrupting like kind of solid ideas and saying these are not actually accurate. You get kids to turn against their parents. You get couples to turn against each other. You've had a lot of these Marxist experiences. I've been like a few weeks deep now. With you have it. people like trying to reprogram you in the library? Uh, a little bit. There were. The more I get into it, the more I'm seeing that that is. I see you like, as you just told me, you're now starting to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. But you're like holding on to. I, what freaks me out is I see it in 
I don't interact much with like mainstream culture, but the little bits I get, I'm seeing the same thing happen. I'm like noticing what they were describing the 68ers attempting to do with these revolutions. And I'm seeing those same systems happening, those same attempts happening now, like where they're tr trying to corrupt systems that we have going on by saying that they're inherently evil because they haven't worked. And I'm like, I'm like dude, nothing works. Look at yourself. If you throw the first stone, ye that has not been with a prostitute or whatever we were saying. And when like Jesus is like, there's a prostitute and everybody wants to stone her to death. And Jesus is like, hey, you throw the first stone if you have never done anything bad. It's like, that's, we, we all carry the problems in us. And we also reap the rewards of all the fuckery. So it's like, yeah, it's fucked up, but like, just hold on to the good core of it. I'm starting to rant too much. I'm, I'm like not cohesive enough in it. I love how pumped up and passionate you are right now. I though. like America, I man. I the, like it. This yearning to deliver a core of truth that you have and yet your feeling of inadequacy in delivering it. Yeah, yeah. It's because I realize it's not quite there yet. Well, we're bouncing around the surface of Marxism and which was already kind of a leap because I think I was kind of talking about a different mode of propaganda than what they're talking about. What, what There's different forms of propaganda. Like there was a certain methodology, a technique of propaganda that was going on with like Hitler in order to convince them of one like very false idea, which was that the Jews were causing all the problems in the country. Yeah. Isn't that happening right now in the country? Can you pinpoint what that is? Because I think it's a different form of propaganda that they have now. Right now in the country, there is a lot of people that think that other people are bad. They say these people are bad which, because which people? like it's it's liberals against Democrats, like or I mean Democrats against Republicans, like what? I, I don't know. I think if you just did like a, if you just ask some people, they'd be like, yeah, no, those people are bad and they should be stopped. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know if it's the same thing. It's getting pretty close. It's my, getting my closer theory, to judging feeling, people without knowing them. It's classifying they, somebody and then judging them by their classification as opposed to interacting with them uh, and knowing America them. slipped us a fast one because without anybody realizing it, there got to be this group of people who was in control, the rich people who are controlling all of the industry and all the capitalism and basically convincing everybody that GDP is the most important thing and that we have to continue to expand our rate of consumption at all times, rate of production and consumption must be growing always in order for the rich to get richer. And um, this has pretty much been like bought. There's a certain mentality that Americans hold now where we're going to find our happiness through material means. Mm. Okay, okay. And, um, and like here we are, there's a real danger there's a real possibility that people are going to wake up because the climate crisis is coming on and we see that this whole moral of the country is false and will not be going on 100 years from now or 200 years from now yeah. but the people who are rich and ever getting richer really don't want things to change or let go of it they've kind of got us going on this trajectory and the new mode of propaganda is just mass and utter confusion they don't care what people believe as long as people are fighting each oh, other. Oh, you're right. 
It's just to get it so that nothing changes. They're not trying to, I mean, maybe some people are, but it's just like, that is also happening. That has always been the thing that's happening is it's always a smoke show so that nothing changes because it's working. Yes. It's working. They started to pull those. But you need to they started keep to do up the that smoke in show. the 1920s. You need to it keep was like up the, 1920s the smoke show. When technologies were starting to land and there was like electric car versus petroleum car. And the electric car got buried. Like New York had a bunch of electric cars in the 1920s. And you know like it was like the the uh the edison battery versus the nickel or versus the the nickel versus iron nickel battery. i'm sorry the nickel iron battery which was the edison <laughs> battery versus the lead acid battery yeah is yeah. it is it going to be a battery that lasts for like 40 years without ever having to be replaced or is it going to be a battery that you have to buy every six years and we don't really care that the one that you have to buy every year every six years is like toxic and horrible for the planet of course, we're gonna like make that one the one that you did the, some smoke and mirror trick. They figured out a way to make it so people weren't buying the thirty or forty year battery. Wow! So it's a big like it's a big show. It's been a show. They've slipped us a fast one. Like it's a really short time that we've even been in existence as a country. Yeah, it's only a couple of generations, and now what they need to do, what they're trying to do with the current mode of propaganda, is just keep us all really confused so that our morals don't change because our morals are based on how we grow up and how we live our lives and our parents are just fed into the system of a 40-hour work week we had if our morals wouldn't change from being productive laborers in the system so that we can buy enough stuff and keep supporting this growth yeah i was listening to some buddhist our radio hour on uh, K-Squid last night, and they were talking Wait, about this. Wait, what's K-Squid? You don't listen to K-Squid? No, what's this? It's a local nonprofit radio. It's like the KZSC Alternative, 90.7. 90.7. 90.7 has a lot of good music on it. And they have some good talk radio as well. And you were listening to Buddhist propaganda? I was listening to some Buddhist propaganda. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, yeah, they were hitting on that whole topic of like, the, uh, the American fallacy that you're going to get your happiness from the next thing that you buy. And as long as you have enough money, you're going to be happier than the other people who don't have as much money as you. Because happiness comes from material things. Are, do, do you think a lot of people are feeling that way? Yeah. I think a lot of young people are pretty sold on the that American MO. That their happiness is coming from material things? Yeah, that's like, as long as you wake up and you've got the, the, the right product to consume or wear or drive, that you're going to be happier. And it's, I mean, some of it's that's about just that like lifestyle. Hit. It's about having some cool shit, having some nice gear. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it, it, it's up to each person's spiritual unfoldment to find happiness within the context of their lives. Some people will be able to have a greater level of happiness while they're interacting with all these material goods and services. Other people will get further kind of in that addictive state where they're duped by the lie and ever chasing something that's not there for them. Oh, they'll never get the happiness that comes from within and they're just trying to blanket it or put like bring it from outside as opposed to like having it generated from the outside and liking to put something nice on it <clears throat> and generate from the inside. 
So this, you know, idea of like the founding fathers and what they were trying to do when they wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. I don't know whether that was good or bad, but at some point it got <clears throat> um, co-opted. It got taken away by the people who were winning the capitalism game. Well, and that's why I'm taking it back. Because it's legit. And liberty and justice for all inherently means you have to take care of the environment. Because we live within the environment and it's part of justice for all. Is You have to take care of your garden. You got to take care yeah, my, my, of your ocean. My, my point is that being in my present state of kind of an anti-american person i'm not going to go against the words of the pledge of allegiance i'm certainly not going to take my time and energy to, to say the pledge of allegiance how dare you i'm too busy saying my pledge of allegiance to Meher baba yeah. i have my thing that i think is the highest truth that i want to dedicate my life to yeah. and it's not to the country it's not to nationalism because think about all the people in the world who don't live in america well yeah but you're here you're part of this I'm part of the world. Well, I'm, I'm glad part of that my you body. I'm part of God. Something. A lot of people right now don't have anything, which means they're open to being preyed on. Mm. Like there's something that really good that comes from having a good set of values and morals. It's like a focus. something. It's yes. That focus on a singular. Like like you were talking about. It, you don't want to have multiple masters because it just breeds confusion and like kind of were you not like wholeheartedly into any one thing it baba one of the biggest things he talks about is like once you find your master just focus on the master be totally dedicated to that thing know yourself and within the context of you may have multiple services that you're providing to the world it's not like you only have to have one career or one but there's a higher focus that kind of is the super the overarching thing above all of that the Native American prayer describes it as the true way. Yeah. Help I wish guide they me just, into the truth. Yeah, yeah. I wish they would just say more what it is for them. They're just asking to be guided into it. To, to you just, live in a good way. As humans, we have this sort of innate knowing of what is good and bad. It's integrating and balance. It's liberty and justice for all. It's just not just humans. It's for all the streams and air and trees and the insects around, like, encompass all into it. Yeah, I don't think they thought about that back in the day when they were killing all the bears. I have a poem about this. It's by Blondie. Once I had a love, and it was a gas, soon turned out a heart of glass. Seemed like the real thing, only to find mucho mistrust, love's gone behind. Once I had a love, it was divine. Soon found out I was losing my mind. It seemed like the real thing, but I was so blind. Mucho mistrust, love's gone behind. In between, what I find is pleasing and I'm feeling fine. Love is so confusing, there's no peace of mind. I fear I'm losing you, it's just no good, you teasing like you do. Once I had a love, and it was a gas, soon turned out a heart of glass. That's a nice poem. 
Blondie. It's a rocking poem. That poem was written on a washing machine. Yeah. It was written on a washing machine in a laundry room to the rumbling of the washing machine. Blondie was, they were in there with their rock and roll band and they wanted to keep something with that same like thumping rhythm as the washing machine. Corner, corners are where things fester. Yeah. Nods and heads goes along. The most powerful mind control device ever developed and it relies on ephemeral experiences. Look Ooh. over their shoulders and grab it as it's occurring. Aggregate, it analyzes it. Whoa. These are your words, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that section, those were actually notes for things to discuss. They're just like, did cool. I go through them too fast? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was all. I was like, it's better this way. Can we go back to um, who wrote this? Oh, Blondie. Yeah, I love. I had a love, and it was a gas. I just what is that that being the first line makes me think of how gas was like the first state of affairs. Like gas was the first matter in the universe. Oh, once I had a love. The noble gases. And it was a noble gas. Right? It was a gas. But the like the nature of gas being this just incredibly like wild and untamable and just bouncing everywhere and going all places at once, kind of filling the whole space. Yeah, it's the closest we got to light. Yeah. It's closest we got to atmosphere. I guess atmosphere is gas. Yeah. It's like gas has this sort of pressure it doesn't want to like condense into a, a solid form it wants to stay this big expansive form i had another person come into the library and tell me about uh corners mm. and that's what got me into thinking again about corners festering yeah yeah corners are where things fester right um if you don't listen to the bbb you probably didn't hear that we had a discussion about corners and trying to understand the history of corners and where they came from and they're just kind of the corruption inherent in the architectural history of where corners are and if you search the internet you will not find anything about the history of corners <laughs> yeah nobody knows <laughs> where did they start because they weren't there the whole time they were not there the whole time and then what's the problem with the corner and it was like well we did know that if you're possessed by a demon you're probably standing it's, in the corner if the demon is in your house <clears throat> he's probably hanging out in the corners a corner is where things fester it's a place that doesn't have the circulation it doesn't have like the the movement yeah, yeah things get stuck there yeah yeah things don't move through there keep going on that list we're about to this get is a long thing you just texted we're me. about to get some good shit <clears throat> Who knows about Yi Ching and Qi Gong and the Mayan long count of 64 million? You can skip to the next one. Next Keep it going. One. We got a lot to get to some hot, hot. This is the poem I wrote. Here we go. <laughs> Yo. Who bothers to fold their legs into some asana? Why does anyone move except for some attachment? Why does anybody move except for some attachment? Mm -hmm. Who bothers to fold their legs into some asana? Who, given an order, does not feel resentment? 
this? When did you write this? How did you write this? Did you just freestyle this? Yeah. You just freestyled this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, were you about in this location? I don't remember where you had like asked me to write something, right? I, w- I, w- I, was, I was on Westcliff. You were on Westcliff? I was on Westcliff. Oh, it was sunset time. Was it? It might have been, or it was, no, this was before Sunset, because you sent yeah. me two of these. Yeah, yeah. I was composing uh, our musical project, and I needed some lyrics. Yeah. Consciousness unfurls into awareness, and then totally forgets it. Deep slumber, deep mind, in the age of electric. Uranus awaken us from this pitch-black abyss. One way through the labyrinth. No wrong turns to make. Still, it takes time to crack, like sound shocked across a frozen lake. Mm. Yo. Mm. That poem's hitting. That's a good poem, right? <laughs> it's a decent poem. It's a pretty good poem. Yeah, I think it's a good poem. There's like a lot of images. There's coherent thoughts. It right? takes a bit more it to dive into like what is happening. It There's kind of movement. Kind of ends where it started. Who bothers to fold their legs into some asana and then why does anyone move except for some attachment and then it ends at this frozen lake with like sound traveling across it how are those connected the f- lake is frozen the frozen lake doesn't move and yet there uh, is this sort of higher frequency pitch that travels across it a frozen lake doesn't move and yet there is a higher frequency pitch traveling across it mm-hmm. Poetry to see and experience the unseen. A distillery of all that's going on. A distillery is how you make grain alcohol. It's an alchemical tool to take the essence of, to achieve the essence of something. Yeah, it refines it. A refiner. You have a distillery within the water cycle process of evaporation, the clouds to streams to running through the earth mm-hmm. and the roots and the aquifers back into the ocean and then being evaporated up. Like this is the principle. And then the distillery is how you would go in and try to get the essence of something. And if you had the essence of it, you could have a very potent, you could have an extreme amount in a small amount, mm-hmm. an extreme amount in a thimble. Mm-hmm. And dis- poetry could be the distillery. It could be the distillery because you could get everything into a poem. Hmm. Like the master prayer. The rumble, the shakeup, the land it all together and then reform it into some rock and roll lyrics. Come on over. Let's do the twist. Come on over. It goes like this. <laughs> These are your lyrics? These are notes. These are the clipboard notes. These are the clipboard typed notes. Typed from the Ben Loman Library. Uh, yeah. Well, these are home ones. I actually, uh, I actually, uh, I went You have through, a typewriter at home. Yeah. It's the, um, it's not this electric. It's the 22,000. I feel like a doof that I don't remember my typewriter's own, like, name. Typewriter? Yeah. I just, I, I used a whole ink, 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 ink ribbon roll. I gotta <clears throat> now figure out how to find typewriter ink. Ink, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's gonna I'm happen. Sure, you can find that. I imagine they're still manufacturing that. <clears throat> Hit me. We'll go back and forth. This is the real deal. This is the the finale. 
bass lines that grind your mind into dust. Yo. Passion into the kicks that keep thrust. Trust deep into the self with love. <clears throat> love that which you cannot. Turn the impossible into the useful. Ask what's natural when you pull that tool. Fool's ears need explaining at least twelve times. When you reach inspiration, a single's divine. Lag screw hold the house into a tree. Pent up, the energy's now free to release. Breathe the backwash of plants. Sunset draws a crowd as the earth rolls back. Retro cool as a pack in your sleeve. Heave no shred of doubt when you leave. This is a legit poem. That's man. a good poem. It's like, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> now you know where I got the inspiration for the uh, sunset crowd line. Oh, that's it. Right? Did you catch that? What's what's going on there? Uh, where is that? Yeah, breathe. Oh, the sunset draws a crowd as the earth rolls back. Yo. Yeah. Currently in our state, it's 121. It's Friday. And before this podcast from the Mazda, because it's howling wind outside and a normally windy day, we came to watch the sunset on the beach. And there was a man playing a homemade instrument with extra wobble on his amp and he was playing it like a slide guitar that looked like a miniature sitar but he was playing the slide guitar with a pink lighter in one hand and an open pocket knife in the other with wood shavings all around and the sitar guitar was plugged in through a pickup into an amp that was running the wobble and he had no front teeth but in his pocket of his red jacket he had a wad of cash that was thicker than your thumb and he pulled out a big bag of weed and he got into playing his wobble in this kind of weed driven cyclone state and that was on the darker side of the sunset where the shadow was already being separated by the sandstone precipice that designates where the river mouth enters into the ocean and dj mini was on top of this sandstone precipice and he beckoned me up through the tunnel that goes underneath to the river which is flowing out because I would like what I saw on the other side and when you got to the top you saw that there was someone creating a huge sand mandala mm -hmm. that they had almost perfectly measured with wooden driftwood around the out very outside perimeter of it and within this near perfect circle of driftwood that they had made which was several hundred feet in i don't know how he it was to sprint in order to make it like he it was raking he was mandala. raking the sand inside with concentric rings like and the then size of sort of mayan field. sort of like delineated measurements within the rings mm-hmm mm-hmm 
And then, as we watch him slowly on as the, the sun is setting, sand. he proceeds to get out his drone and do a couple of passes, taking imagery, drone imagery of this giant mandala that he'd created. Because how but, could he have seen it from his vantage point, but we're looking but down then on him? He turns over a garbage can that he had brought with him with all of his supplies in it, and outpours something we can't tell what but he starts putting all of these objects into the garbage can and then we realize that they're lights so he creates this huge light wheel out of a garbage can and then puts that in the center of the mandala after the sun had set and the whole time the dude with the homemade instrument is on the other side of the cliff and making both. these sort of ethereal sounds coming out of his like echoing warbling amplifier and they both became their own vortex may we say legit whirlpool right like he had his small wood carving pocket knife high stack cash stoned out cyclone happening and then on the other side it was a much wider and somewhat i don't know clear or pure like it seemed more i don't know who's who, who how, can you, how can you judge a vortex but like it was more coherent coherent but just as cyclone-esque oh damn that is fucking <laughs> let's talk about you world love cool. rip jeans bro <laughs> My God, <laughs> I'm trying to understand. As we get hot women on both sides of us, because I was picking up on the girl on the other side who was nipping out. <laughs> wow. Ripped jeans just above like an ample butt And what is like, that thigh, massive like cheek What is that super bright fishing light over the ocean right in front of us? We so got all many, three sides. So many vortexes. We have the so many sides. We have the, the lust on the left and the right, but straight in front of us is light. We have the lust on the left and the right, but straight in front of us is light. <laughs> We have the lust on the left and the right, but straight ahead of us is light. This is why I have found that to understand things through poetry, the technique is to rumble in the way that an elephant will do a deep bass note. Well, probably not an elephant doesn't rumble. It's probably just deep bass, but the earth rumbles. I don't know how they produce those subsonic notes, those sub bass notes. It's difficult to get to one coherent truth, but I figured if you rumbled at it, you could get the truth from multiple pinpoints. Rumbling the same way that if you threw out a bunch of bedazzled beads and shone some light on it, you would start to get a bunch of refracted, like, beautifulness. Rumbling the way that the top of the ocean hits with yeah. all the light coming off. It's yeah. like you can get a pretty good sense of, like, there's something happening here. So poetry in this in this rumbling state. I would like to share a poem that came from trying to write from uh, from a rumbling what, state. What is this words with the image of a computer? Under right? It? Isn't that sick? How is that? You took a picture of the screen. I see. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The 
numbers of cause and effect, the rumbling effect of all of that had affected and that spread into the uh, the IBM 2 Selector rumbling. So this one was written... Uh, IBM 2 Selector rumbling? <laughs> right? Hey, can I have some bongo jumps with this one? Yeah. This is a throwback to the feeling of traveling in the back of a trailer with a piano. And the piano had come from a country singer that uh, it was like an anchor to a previous relationship. And I got to be in the trailer uh, while we transported the piano away from her. And I was playing the piano along the highway in the trailer. And I had talked about that with you and it was a story on the podcast but I realized it didn't get to what really was happening, which was the lingering sadness. I don't know exactly how she felt. This is my impressions. It seemed like a sadness. And then the rumbling of the trailer. And I, like, I left and then went, and this is my mind rumbling in that. Then it just comes out and you write what's happening. So these are your thoughts rumbling on the subject of sadness and rumbling of playing a piano in the trailer. Impressions of the rumble, piano trailer mingling, sensations of emotion, of beer excitement, highway excitement, the feelings of actual weight, four guys to carry the weight, the lingering feeling of songwriter's hand on the piano, how it lasted and felt, the sadness of broken hearts, angry love, songs that held this. The piano had been in love with her, had hummed in a barn next to the river, with the heart humming next to a lover she is singing about. And the piano had been silent in a garage of an ex for a year as an anchor, at least one piece of her next to the love that could not let go, yet could not come with because it was much too much and you can only bring a rep piano around California with a bunch of guys. The sadness lingers in the fingers as we drive away. The anchor now up and rolling down the highway. And I am beer excitement, so near to her blonde, her yoga pants, her thighs, her assertiveness, her drive. She happens in the world with power. You could feel it in the per in the repercussions of her actions, power affections of those around. So I take these rumblings and pinpoint into the place in the poem, words, actions, thought, the lingering emotions of her sadness, her creation, sadness and anger, the way that the heart chamber can be rumbled with bummers, the sadness of a home, love is a home, a piano needs a home, and a home needs a strong man to get it there. This piano leaving was both gone, that anchor off. Now it's rumbling down the highway onto its next place, interacting with myself and jubilance, a spirit collision, a river mouth intersection. Is it this, the rumbling of the trailer on the highway? The highway makes it up as the wheels with its 45 mile an hour rotation into the axles, shock waves through the metal trailer, walls and rumbles like the rumbling with the innards of the piano so you 
we're playing the piano in the back of a trailer as it's cruising down the highway with the clouds and the trees passing. It's a smooth, smooth line of sight, all rumble of sound so that you're playing with the accompaniment of the rumble. Earth rumble, earth drum, lingering in the keys like elephant tusks or Elvis walking down the streets of his hometown. Railroad track rumbling through steel and metal with your ear to the earth to hear the lines rumbling as the base of volcanoes. Communication in low frequencies or alternate times. Speed it up and talk back in a tempo you can keep up with. Earth drum. Lingering fingers on the piano that played next to the barns and the rivers and wrote love songs and then wrote broken heart songs. And they say if you stay in the same barn unmoved for a year, you're unmoved, dusted in time, still silent, ready yet not, chirogenic, slowly going out of tune, slowly becoming the dust that settles on you, earth drum, kicking it. This poem is the impression of riding in the back of a trailer on the highway with two beers and a baby grand piano that rumbles as you play, loud as a trailer rumbles on the highway. You're buzzed, already more potent than any beer because your buzz is the tears of the piano leaving the tomb, the garage, the homes, the songwriter. This is the people of the tomb, the grave, the deer, the dead, the Buddha belly, the Budweiser, the fingers that linger in the keys, the keys that played her songs, the songs that are gone, left in the air, we carry the rumbling. Yeah, that's a nice one. Poetry to see and experience the unseen. A distillery of all that's going on. The rumble, the shake-up. And then you land it all together in rock and roll. <laughs> I think rock and roll is the only thing you love more than America. Rock and roll is America. That's it, though. That is, yeah. To me, rock and roll is America run through the distiller. You want to, like, take America and give it an essence? A wap bam baloo bop a wap bam boom <laughs> I'd also, in a footnote, we had done, uh, we got into Will Durant in one of these. I had this big, thick uh, library checkout of the Will Durant History of Civilization, and I was rapping through while you were playing these exact bongos, the history of, uh, of musical instruments. Mm, and uh -huh. it ended up being quite a poem. And I thought later about what Will Durant did and why that history of instruments sounded like a poem is he took the message of civilization and condensed it into thousand page books. And so as civilization progresses, if you can distill it into paragraphs, it becomes a poem. Like, of course, all the choices, the, the God that goes into his bedroom for a long weekend and comes out with, oh, I got the next 700 years figured out. 
that's what the that's authors do, dude. The, yes. Yeah. But you historians can do it because it's already happened. So they don't need the mystical they're, sense of being able to transcend forward into space and time. Yeah, they're doing it retrograde. They have a retrograde historical sense of being able to go back and then they can get the message and distill it into... I mean, it's like a seven-part series, this history of civilization, but it's like every paragraph then pops because it does pop. The hu- human experience it, is fucking reality, rad. It's reality condensed. Re- re- reality is fucking awesome. It's potent. Mm. It's potent and it's beautiful. And if you walk into it right, it's perfect. You can be within the truth. And within the truth is blooming flowers and crystals and rubies and like titties and like blinking eyes and all of it on fire. Mm. It's there. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that uh, live poetry starting to happen once you get into the realm of poetry, but you still want to be podcasting in the form of conversation. At some point, you bridge the gap of the beat poet who's just spouting off poetry off of his lips that has not been written. Oh, it did happen. I was thinking about Wally, a friend. We read some of his poems. Wally's the man that uh, kind of looked like you. He was a, he's a uh, Muslim dude. Mm. Um, his, that poem is from like his poem came in Compton 1970s whatever I was into the idea of, I was like this guy just lives as a poet like what are you going to live for there are people that live to be poets that live for the experience of translating the world in that way well, I think Wally did religious fanatics live for the experience of like experiencing God and translating it into their human jam Part of what poetry does is it cuts out the fluff. There's not as many prepositions. They lose, they, they just cut out a lot of the language that is unnecessary because they only want the meatiest bits. Yeah. They want it to just all be the primest, chunkiest, most descriptive parts of it without all of the filler that sort of organizes it into a normal coherent thought yeah because yeah. There's, there's a recognition that it, ultimately it's all going to blur together and become one entity and that entity is feeling it's emotion it's like the streamline arrow shot between the mind the energy realm and the physical and then you just keep like tugging on it running it through right and you know you can't just poke it with a stick so you can't just say love and let it be love. You can't just say happiness and let it be happiness. It's going to come through other forms. It's going to come through pointers and etiquettes. It's going to be techniques in order, in order to fulfill the diagram, which will eventually precipitate down into the emotion which should be unsaid. Fulfill the diagram. Fulfill the diagram with the emotion that should be unsaid. But you can't get there by poking it with a stick. Actually, you could get to some pretty good emotion by poking it to the stick. But it'd be base. Sing to the lovely angel choirs of 20,000 million. 
years compressed into a text message to give you the odd timing, the bizarre coincidence, the sudden insight, the miraculous transformation that's already lost again, passed on like last year's newspapers. You can't hold on to anything anyway. Sand through the fingers, water through the system, Sand on your scalp, all you have, all you can hope for is to integrate. All you have, all you can hope for is to integrate. The chambers, the chambers, the four part of the lion meant supremacy, as in the sphinx. A wasp symbolized royalty. A tadpole stood for thousands. The chambers of cause and effect. The rumbling effect of all of that into the chromatic 2200. The records play. That's exactly when I ran, ran out, of, out ink. of ink. Dude. <laughs> the chromatic 2200. <laughs> yes. And there's the name. <clears throat> Written on all of the heads. Written on all the heads? Written on all of the heads. Like the ink cartridge head? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Should I read my poem or Baba's? Yours. <laughs> Love bell bringing dark dual let me start again. Love bell bringing dual Darth Vader's oh, into present moment of apologizing. Sing it a little bit? Like scat sing it a little bit? I could try. <laughs> Level it up. <clears throat> Love bell bringing dual Darth Vader's into present moment of apologizing to your son dying throes breathless state as control freaks unite internally to unleash Yo. satisfaction yeah. guarantee yeah. profit spiritually and you advance like a waterfall yeah. diligent yeah. Oh. to terraform yeah. but slow Ooh. hype like the high end of 10k rough yeah. like them sawtooth bass lines against your sacrum, long like mm -hmm. lyrics of Rachmaninoff, and Ooh. playful like a child who can't help but please God. Ooh. Okay, then Ooh. I have to try to sing Baba's. That's the next challenge. <laughs> Yo! Waz, you, yes, please step up to that plate of that challenge. If you are not here on the ocean side as we are, Monterey has become lit within the darkness. Across the bay, you can see the twinkling. It's just black within the bay waters. And as DJ Mini has stepped up to sing a poem that he didn't even know he... I mean, he knew he wrote it, but it wasn't like he knew he wrote it because he just went through and did it and then sent it in a text. I've never read it out loud. I don't think he's ever reread it. He might have reread it once or twice when he sent it, but I sent it back to him. 
to be like, I just sent him the fat list. Just now before the podcast. To be like, yo, this is some hot shit. Let's like, let's get in. And as you're into it, a lady is walking in front of the Mazda, talking on the phone, and her hand gestures are as if she is like hieroglyphing out the 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 poem, and she stood there just like right in it. I didn't even see her. Like I was she reading. was like the translator, the hieroglyphic sign language translator of it all, with then the blackness of the bay and then Monterey lit up in that line of distant lights within a night. Iron sky, baby. Oh, it's coming in. Ha. Friday. Friday. Ramadan is there for one, but it's of mm-hmm. several kinds. Oh, I need to preference. This is Baba's oh, yeah. last words. Handwritten. Handwritten. Yeah, he stopped writing at a certain point. This was the last thing he wrote. So it's not his last words before... No, he didn't speak for a while, right? He had already not been speaking for some time. For some time. But he was still handwriting for a while. This was the last thing he handwrote. So it's kind of like his last words. This is the last... There was like three paragraphs to this. This is just the last paragraph of it. That's heavy. He continued to communicate, but he would just point at letters. He no longer wrote by hand. This is his last message coming from his physical action handwriting yeah right 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 yeah okay with the exception of an occasional signature haha <laughs> yeah yeah the lowest is attraction It oh. develops with progress and evolution And transforms into real love oh. Which is like a stream flowing Silent, serene, passionless, eternal Perfect and pure oh. Divine love is the highest of all But it is not silent it has a terrible longing. It is not peaceful. The winds of evolution, reincarnation, and involution blow the stream of attraction through the inanimate world, turning it into a river in the animal and human kingdom, and finally transforming it into an ocean. Of divine love upon realization. And that's not even a poem. That's just words. But it is like a poem, right? Yeah. It reads as one. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a sec to sing Danny and I was like, J Baba. J Baba. J Baba. J Baba. J Baba. King J.